There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health Right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Welcome to the Get Lit Podcast. I am your host, Becky Rabin, and this is your high vibe, no bullshit fortnightly dose of inspiration, motivation, and empowerment to help you shush your inner critic, break through your limiting beliefs, build up your self-worth, get out of your own way, and fearlessly step into your power, giving you the success and confidence to live your most lit up life. Through this podcast, we hope to give you actionable tools to take away and show you success stories that show you the way. This is for the dreamer, the believer, the go-getter, and the Welcome back to season two of the Get Lit with Becky Rabin podcast, the place to be to build a business you are proud of, a life that you love, and a mindset that will take you places. On today's episode, we have the incredible Wendy O'Byrne, an amazing friend of mine, an incredible teacher, healer, voice, spiritual guru in the industry, otherwise known as the completion coach. Wendy works with women to help them rewrite their story and change their lives. She deeply supports them in working on stopping the doubt they have within themselves and living within fear and helping them unlock their full potential and reclaim their power. She really works to support them to help the one thing that is standing in between them and achieving everything that their heart and mind desires. And the transformational mindset work that she does will create huge shifts in women from their life to their relationships, to their careers, to their finances and their well-being. So I'm super excited to have Wendy join me today Um, and I can't wait to share this episode with you. In this episode we talk all things what completion coaching is, how your thoughts affect your reality, how you can manifest change in your life, how you can complete on old stories that have been repeatedly happening in your life and we cover so so much more. So enjoy this episode and I can't wait to hear what you guys think. I am super excited today to have my wonderful friend Wendy on the show. Um, Not only is this woman doing incredible work in this industry, uh, we are hosting a retreat together in a couple of weeks, but she's also just been an incredible help to me and a guide to me over the last few months. So Wendy, welcome and welcome to the Get Lit Podcast. Happy to be here, excited for it. Happy to have you here. You're actually the first guest uh, speaker that we have on our podcast for season two where we're introducing guests. So I'm really excited for this. Um, But I'm really excited to have this conversation with you today anyway, because you do such incredible work in this industry to help women manifest change, remove limiting beliefs, delve deep into like what's been holding them back. Um, And I know that our audience love all this juicy stuff and I know they're going to really resonate with a lot of your work. And as I kind of said earlier, you have helped me so so much on so many different things you're just it's just endless the work that you can do so I'm really excited but I guess firstly I want to ask you a question that I'm going to ask all of my guests on the show is what does it mean to you to be lit what does lit mean to you to get lit not hiding anymore no longer really sitting down and keeping my mouth shut for fear of what other people think of me no longer scared to be seen, scared to do what I really love and stop thinking that I've got to do something that I think is what I should be expected to be rather yeah. than what I really want to be and realising that that also changes. 
So I go with the flow a lot more with what comes up and what I need to do rather than really rigidly keeping myself in a really tight box. Yeah, we're going to talk about that a little bit of letting things go with the flow and the trust um, as we go through this episode. But also um, another question that I want to ask everyone that comes on this, because I think this whole podcast for me is about taking people through a journey of getting them out of that place where they feel like things aren't possible and things aren't achievable to becoming this lit up version of themselves. For you, what did your journey of getting lit look like? Like how have things changed from the woman that you were to the person that you are now? What is your story with kind of going from unlit to being lit? Messy, messy, <laughs> messy, messy. Um, <laughs> uh, roller coaster. Uh, one that I tried to get off a couple of times as well. But yeah, from hitting age 32, uh, recognizing I was in the wrong relationship on the day that I moved into a house that I'd just completed on with a partner. Wow. Good timing. Um, realizing I was in the wrong job, realizing that actually I was in the wrong group yeah. of people yeah. around me. And that when I'd set off, I was on one path and I, I happened to be somewhere miles different uh, because I'd been coasting massively without any thought about where life was going. I was just chasing what was in front of me. Yeah. Um, to throwing everything in the, the bucket. Mm-hmm. Uh, we know what bucket that is. I won't say the word. Um, <laughs> but then, um, yeah, going on a two-year <laughs> denial. Two-year denial completely where I just got really drunk. Uh, and pretended life was wonderful and I was all right. So then having to sort my stuff out um, through self-development, through getting a coach myself, through unpicking loads of stories that I hadn't realized were really holding me back. Um, So then going into training and coming into this, I was in financial services all for a really long time, over 10 years. Um, And then coming out of that and giving up that business to come and step into this fully, Uh, yeah was touch and go a lot of a lot of self-belief a lot of trust and a lot of faith required uh, along the way but yeah bit of a roller coaster but it is isn't it this journey that we kind of go on would you say that you you kind of tell a lot of your clients to expect the roller coaster because i think some people go into this personal development journey and they're like oh i'm just going to be this good version of myself and actually it sometimes can be a little bit more sticky than what what you bargained oh. for every <laughs> time every time i'm like that as we get through something something else will pop up uh, and that's quite normal the shadow work everything that we have to deal with ugh. yeah there are times where you just think this is exhausting but actually being unhappy is as equally exhausting and an equal roller coaster we just don't notice because we're so used to it. yeah okay so you do complete you you're called the completion coach where did that come from and what does completion coaching or what is completing what do you mean when you're talking about completing two things twofold completion coaches out of every hundred people that enroll in the course read a book enter a membership do whatever 95 will give up five mm-hmm. percent will see it through uh, and that broke my heart because i was in the 95 for so long mm-hmm. uh, collecting all the things and doing nothing constantly thinking it wasn't for me uh, and secondly it's about completing on old stories the way that the brain works and the way that we work means as soon as we complete it gets filed as soon yeah. as it's filed, it's gone, uh, which is why people remember so easily what they haven't done and really struggle to remember what they have done. Um, so, yeah, on that, we have to complete in some old stories if we want them to bugger off and allow us to get into who we are. So uh, and we have to complete on um, getting back into alignment with ourselves, getting back into who we really are. What? what are stories like what are these stories that we, we you know a lot of your work talks about stories and it's something that I'm becoming so interested in in my own coaching about the stories that we create for ourselves where do these stories come from like what are the stories that we're letting play out in our lives yeah well most of them have come from early childhood we just didn't realize it um but loads of stuff the stories can be I can't do that uh it's okay for them they've got this and I haven't so I can't mm. Um, I'm never going to meet so-and-so, people won't like me as I am. Uh, But other stories come into play, which are really powerful with the women that I work with, is if they are successful in work, they would have to forfeit relationships in life. Yeah. And that's a huge story. Successful women have been portrayed forever as ball breakers, as non-maternal, as unable to have a relationship. They're single women, they're hard, they're callous, they're Mm -hmm. only interested in money, they're cold. Um, And that has had a huge effect on people. That story of every woman in power in every film you've ever watched 
is never ever a family woman so yeah. people think they'd have to give one for the other do you think that that plays out in our lives a lot this like all or nothing one or the other thing do you think that's quite a common theme in a lot of the work that you do all or nothing is my pet hate yeah. it's the worst thing you can be and everybody that says it to me says it with such pride i'm all or nothing i'm so in and i'm like ah oh, but you're going to be so out at some point because you're all or nothing bare minimum every single time will get you where you want to be with gradual growth and that allows everything in it's not one thing at a time but what what things are people all or nothing for so like if someone's listening to this and they're like don't even know that they're all or nothing what what kind of examples are there of people who might have an all or nothing relationship with something or mindset with something uh, all or nothing you're on 17 dating apps and then you delete them all the next week <laughs> <laughs> all or nothing you've brought every single workout program on the market and you don't do any of them yeah all or nothing is you go into um i'm going to build this business and i want it in 12 weeks i'm like that's not gonna you know that's 12 weeks all or nothing is people that get into these rituals and they're like yeah it takes me three hours a day and i'm like great you're not going to keep that up yeah that is all that's, that will not work in your life you've got to find something that is big enough and movable enough that you can do it every single day no matter what the day looks like why do you think people because you mentioned it quite a few times like and obviously it's a lot around the work that you do but like why do you think people don't finish things what is that what is the usual reason is it like their mindset takes over their thoughts take over like why were those why where does that figure of the 95% of people who do something and then they just stop like what is why self-belief self-belief yeah. fundamentally they don't believe it's going to work for them fundamentally they think there's not enough room for them as soon as somebody else does it they think i can't do it as soon as they um start on day one and there's no instant response they give up mm -hmm. we're more and more in a world where we want it on amazon prime i've ordered it it should be at the door by now yeah um and when it's not and it is this as i say bare minimum where it's got to grow and come in as a compounded effect we're not willing to wait yeah uh, we want to undo 30 years of negative self-talk in three weeks Mm. that's massively like that's so interesting as well so i never really thought about that is like people want instant results right don't they whether it's in fitness we, we 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 we're in a like instant gratification world where everything we can have we can have it in a heartbeat we can buy something with our phone on apple pay in seconds <laughs> yes it's like feeding us and i'd never really thought about that concept that actually with personal growth people just want to feel better straight away right is that kind of half the problem why people then stop yeah totally people you know, people go head over heels into meditating and they're like doing it for a month and then they're like, well, nothing happened, so I gave up. And I'm like, what were you expecting to come through in the month? What were you expecting would be different? Whereas if we make small changes and build on them, instead of going all or nothing into the half hour meditations daily and started with 10 minute meditations and built the half hour once we respond to feel an impact, uh, we'd have more gratification from it. But yeah it's also the fact that people think that they're broken and they need to be fixed yeah. and there is nothing to be fixed um and that's what they don't quite get there is nothing wrong with their body in the first place and they're doing it from a place of hate rather than love it's so it's this is the thing so with self-worth i think when you talk about that that obviously stems from like doing things from a place of hate letting people opinions of you define you like they're all the kind of like symptoms i guess of having no self-worth but when you help your clients build their self-worth like how much of a process is that and what does it look like to even for someone who's so far away from even having any kind of self-worth how can that even be what are the stepping stones there looking at where we're at self-worth comes from a lack uh thinking there's not enough thinking i'm not enough thinking in some way whatever i do won't be enough i haven't got enough uh, and all of that causes a self-esteem where if I don't look right, I don't fit in, I don't sound right, I'm too old. All of those things are a fear-based mentality. Yeah. So we do loads of work on coming into real gradual ways to twist the way that we think. Disrupt thoughts. We're in a pattern. Disrupt the thoughts. No matter how many times we have to do it, if we disrupt them enough and change into the abundant mindset, which is where there's enough for everybody, I'm good enough, this is going to be okay, whatever I do will be enough for me, mm -hmm. then we can suddenly start to see really small matters that come up where you go, ah, I'm good at this. Yeah. Oh, actually that went well. Looking for proof, 
Uh, and I often go into people's stories to find the proof and there often isn't any proof that we can find whatsoever to back it up. Yeah. Where do you go? How do you go into people's stories? Like, how does that work? Where do you start? I have a very uh, detailed questionnaire that I send to people before yeah. we even start. Uh, and by the time I've got that, I know who you are and where I'm going to take you. Uh, as soon as that hits my inbox, I'm like, oh, okay, this is what you think you are. Um, I also get people to, you know, through conversation and through questioning deeper, eventually we will get down to what the underlying reason is. Everybody comes to me with one specific thing and they're like, I don't do this. And I'm like, cool, that's not the issue, but we can talk about it. Yeah. Uh, it's never the issue. The more that we open the conversation with somebody specifically that's not involved in your life as well, the more open we are. Uh, and when our, somebody asks you a very different question to what you've ever been asked before, you will suddenly find question, uh, answers. Sorry. But also in the gaps. Yeah. I will wait. Yeah. <laughs> and you're like, ah, I'm going to have to say something. She's not going on to a different question. I'm like, I'm still here, babe. What is it? You're asking the like, question. Oh. <laughs> We find it so difficult, don't we, to face our shit, essentially. Do you think that's like a, res like, I guess a lot of the stuff I say is like, I think sometimes we resist it because we're so afraid of being in our powerful place. What would you kind of say the reason is as to why people don't want to go there or they don't want to do the work? Because even when people sign up to your coaching, I'm, I'm at, like, like you said, you still get them like pushing back or pulling away or saying there's no problems. And you're like, well, there's, there's a problem because you're here. Um, mm. why, why do you think that is? embarrassment shame mm. um for most people they think they're the only person that has this problem um and as soon as i come in any of my clients will tell you i'll come in with a story and be like this is what i did uh, and this is how it went wrong and this is what i did and they're like oh, now i can tell you my story yeah uh, and fear and shame hold so many people back because they think at some point they're going to get caught out for that yeah. Um, say if we have been rubbish in the past or we have made mistakes because we're human and our past will be checkered. Uh, there is the fear at some point if you get good at what you're doing that someone's going to turn around and point out that you're not good enough because yeah. of this. Um, and it's owning that, owning that part of you which goes, yeah, do you know what? There have been times when I've been a pretty rubbish human being. Mm -hmm. I've made mistakes. I've impacted people. I've done things that if I knew what I know now, I wouldn't do. Uh, but the important thing is saying, well, if I knew what I knew now, I wouldn't do it today. Yeah. I actually yeah. wasn't going to talk about this, but I think it's actually really important because we did some work and, and you really helped me get clear. We did some work when we went away that time on shame and guilt and like embarrassment. And I think actually a lot of people have so much of that inside of them that never really gets talked about because it's still quite like a shameful topic or it's shameful to talk about your shame. Um, and obviously, I mean, by the time this episode comes out, it wouldn't have been so recently, but the whole Caroline Flack story, like a lot of people saying she killed herself out of shame and, and embarrassment. How does shame kind of show up for your clients and maybe talk through the, the work that we kind of did anyway with releasing that? What do you do with your clients to help them get clear on even what it is that they're ashamed of? Because I think some people are probably listening to this, like, I don't even know where to, you know, I found that exercise we did quite tough I sat there for ages like what have I done that I'm ashamed of what have I and then it was Megan who came out with a brilliant cork and we were like Christ and then I just went down and I was like okay now I know so like if someone's listening to this and they want to do some work around shame where do you go with them or how can they start to understand that that affects their lives I go in deep with people straight off I'm like I throw all my shame on the table in session one so they're like shit yeah. <laughs> Um, yeah, we have shame over money, we have shame over sex, we have shame over who we've been, shame over, oh, so many things, like we may have gossiped, judged, been nasty, we may have been the person that even if we didn't write the comment, we were scrolling and judging the person anyway. Mm -hmm. um, and personally, if we look at Caroline Flack as a story, but I personally have been so drunk at the end of a really turbulent relationship got into a row with the guy and thrown something at him. Yeah. Yeah, it happened. So I think her story resonated with people so much because you go, whoa, hold on a minute. Yeah. Different circumstances, yeah. that could have yeah. been me. Yeah. Um, if somebody had seen me in that moment and been recording it or had seen me in that moment and I knew the world was going to see it, then that would have been really heavy because it was hard enough dealing with it myself the next yeah. day. Um, and the same with anything, with money struggles, with the way that people look at money sometimes. 
Um, I'm really clear with people, I was £50,000 in debt and I kept myself there for most of my life. And people get like, oh, well, I've only got 4000 And I'm like, it's all a competition. But this is, you know, that used to hold me back with shame a lot. I was a financial advisor and £50,000 worth of debt yeah. on purpose. Um, relationships that I've had, you know, the way that women are still portrayed, if we've had sex with more than a handful of people, <laughs> you know, and how's that going to bite us? How would that tie up to being the lovely wife? Yeah. Or how would that tie up to talking about this, that or the other? So most people that I work with have shame around either their sexual behavior at some point, the way that they are with money, um, or the way that they feel behind. And there's a lot of shame and stigma that comes from being behind in life. Yes. So-and-so is doing this. I've been to 10 weddings this year. Um, and there's all of these things on the internet at the moment about it's cool to drink. Uh, like, I think there's one for mum, sort of a wine Thursday. And it's just got to be as soon as you pick your kids up, you need to drink. Or if you're not in a relationship and settle down, you're on a bender waking up with chicken nuggets. And they're the things that everybody's sharing, like yeah. all of my friends are grown up and I'm just laying here with a kebab. Um, so there's so much shame, even though we're sharing them to pretend it's funny. Yeah. We're taking the mickey out of something that we think is wrong. Yeah. Uh, and in some way we're getting it in first before somebody else says it, that I'm not, I've got to be doing this to justify why I'm not doing that. And I went through that myself, where I had to be at every party. I had to be on every last minute flight. I had to be the person out drinking the most with the cocktail in the picture to prove why I wasn't going to a wedding that was my own. Um, and in the end, I realized I didn't want either of those things. Mm. I wasn't chasing the marriage and I wasn't chasing the party. I just wanted to be me and a yeah. piece with I think that's a, a almost a place that I'm I'm in in my life right now where like being single and like some of my friends are now becoming newly single and it's quite late in their lives and they're like you know you should be going out more and you should be drinking more and if you're going to meet a guy then you're going to like you need to be out there to meet him he's not just going to come and knock at your door and I'm like well actually maybe he might maybe I might bump into him when I walk around the corner and there's this like pressure as a society to be doing all the things that you think you should be doing and the truth is is like you never, you're never really happy where you are unless you're doing the work around being grateful for the stuff that you have. Like I should be having a baby and a family, but then people who have babies and families are going, oh, I should have a business. So yep. do you think there's like, is there this like need for, do you think like perhaps maybe our low self-esteem or our low self-worth makes us kind of need more in our lives to, to kind of validate our worth? More stuff. Yeah. And the whole, why do we have so much stuff now? Why do we have like the delivery man coming every day with something? Mm -hmm. uh, and it's another form of numbing out. The more stuff I've got, the more I've got my stuff together. Mm -hmm. uh, when actually when you clear out and you reduce the stuff, you're also clearing out the clutter in your head, clearing out the clutter in your heart. It's, it's all a clear out. Coaching yeah. is a clear out. Uh, and it's having somebody come around your house and say, well, you don't need this anymore. This doesn't fit you and it hasn't fitted you for years. Stop putting it on. Yeah. And you can't buy hats. You know? It's somebody coming in. You would hire somebody to come and do that for your wardrobe with no shame. You'd be like, I'm getting my stuff together. Yeah. But if you hire a coach to come and do it with you and your thoughts and feelings, then a lot of people still have a bit, oh, if I need a coach, am I struggling? If I need a coach, have I got a problem? Yeah. And it's like, yeah. no, actually, you have just got so many things that are weighing you down and you don't know where to start. Yeah. You know, if we hired somebody to come and teach us on um, style, what should I be buying? What should I be wearing? It's like, I'm pretty cool. Mm -hmm. If I hire somebody to help me on the way that I should be appearing to myself and dealing with myself, it's not so cool. Yeah. I think, still perception. Now. I think it is getting there. It's getting there. There's still a stigma around it. I think it's more people's fear to do the work. I think now a lot more people are talking about, you know, go get a coach, go get help. I, I did a post recently and I had so many people message me like, where would you recommend? And I was just sending them all the people in the industry have helped me like you and stuff. And I'm just like, I think there's a lot more like intrigue about getting help now. But I think actually it's about the barriers of people being like, oh fuck, this means I've actually got to do the work do the actual work um yeah. do you find that a lot with your clients like you you'll start doing work with them and then they kind of resist doing the work as well like they put it Absolutely. off really they all start off as a grade students like here i am i've done it i've done the thing i'm so ready i've read the book i've done this uh, and then there's a point where they go silent in between the session and that's when you're like mm. 
And is that usually where those like repeating patterns and old stories kind of come back in? Fear, doubt, can't, you know, anything and everything that's come up. Someone said this to me, a lot of people's families and friends, interestingly, 99% of the clients, once they say are working with a coach, the family and friends can get quite arty about it. Yeah. Why do you need a coach? You should be able to deal with me. You should be able to talk to me. I should be able to help you. Um, and then they feel quite guilty or like they feel like they're letting people down. It's an interesting way, but yeah, but the resistance is always there. It might even be that something we've done has triggered a resistance um, because it has unearthed something and we're working on it. They might recoil straight away. It's like somebody pressing a bruise. You move your arm. Yeah. Um, and it's just about being really gentle with yourself in that time and really compassionate with yourself that you're doing better than you think you are. Yeah. Uh, by the fact that you even notice that this thing is coming up because... 30 days ago, you didn't notice this thing was coming up. You just thought that's who you were. It's like we move at this like really quick, fast pace and we forget to like give ourselves a little nod along the way or forget who we were four weeks ago, which was never the person that we were now. And that it's such a challenge because we're just constantly thinking about the next thing. You spoke about triggers there and I feel like I've never actually really answered that question in this podcast and in any of the episodes. What is a trigger? Like... triggers can be in all sorts of things triggers are things that make us recoil triggers are things that make us remember things from the past triggers are things that we may have overthought into our reality believing it's going to happen as some as somebody mentions it or you think it might be possible you're triggered by it yeah um and in reality with a trigger it generally is the part that makes you shut down yeah yeah and you're just like oh i don't want to deal with that uh, and they're ongoing. Excuse me, sorry. And they keep coming on. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss plushcare.com slash weight loss normally being a little extra might be a bit much but not when it comes to healthcare. that's why united healthcare's health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans underwritten by golden rule insurance company supplement your primary plan so you manage out-of-pocket costs learn more at uh1.com so like things like if someone might say something it might trigger an insecurity inside of you or something like that I have been triggered for so many years by people talking about babies. Yeah. Huge trigger. Let me drink some water. Sorry. <laughs> That's right. This is something's triggered you when. <laughs> <laughs> she's like, she's, she's about to go off on one. Let her, let her live. <laughs> um, but there's, there's a huge, huge, huge narrative around women who don't have children. Yeah. Yeah. You're either broken. There's something wrong with you. Uh, you're mean. Or, um, you know, you're too late, you've never caught up. And it's been something that's thrown at me a lot. So at children's parties, people would be a bit like, oh, you haven't got kids. A bit worried about leaving my kid in your presence. I'm not Cruella DeVille. I'm not going to make a coat out of them. <laughs> <laughs> but it was, and the conversation people used to give to me all the time is, you will never know love. Wow. Because you haven't had children. And I was like, oh. even to the thing where you'd, in a conversation, people would be like, oh, how are you? And you'd be like, I'm a bit tired. You don't know what tired is. Oh my God, I hate that one. I, I love all you mums, but I hate that one. I do, but I really a do. A constant narrative. Like, I get you're tired. I hear it. But the, the narrative being that I'd never know what love was, was one of the hardest. And because my partner has children, they were like, oh, at least you've got his children. And literally, I used to have my head would be like the emoticon of just blowing up. I'd be like, oh. No, I was whole as a person on my own. 
and I love kids I love other people's kids I'm exceptionally close to the kids of my family and to my friends kids but that doesn't mean I want 24 7 and that has to be my path yeah and getting people to get that without having to sit me in a corner and question me all evening as if I had made the biggest boldest decision they'd ever heard of yeah, it was overwhelming for so many years. People would talk to me like my biological clock was going to actually explode on my 40th birthday. Um, and people still to this day say to me, oh, it's not too late. It's not too late. You can still do it. And you're like, yeah, I decided several years I don't want to do it. Could we leave the conversation there? Yeah. How did you overcome that being a trigger? Like if someone says it to you now, does it still trigger you? Or how do we, you know, I think I get quite triggered about babies too, because it is something that I really want. And I probably did want it five or six years ago, but it's not been my path yet. And so I've been triggered in so many ways. How, how have you experienced or how do you work with your clients to help them kind of bring, is it just bringing awareness to the triggers? How can we truly like stop things from triggering us so much? Yeah, for me, it was unraveling more of the story around it as to why I was the way I was, why I felt that way, how I'd come to this decision, why it was so important for me, uh, and getting honest with it. Uh, and that took some going back. And actually, in, in the card pulling session, um, I actually came up a card which triggered a memory for me, which was like, ah, I think it started here. Yeah. Uh, and then I've worked on it. So when I work with people, I always get them to dig into other stories and we'll yeah. find it. We'll always find it. I'll hear what you won't hear. Uh, and then I'll be like, oh, by any chance, do you think that yeah. this could be playing a part? And they're like, oh, I hadn't even thought about that. Uh, so getting clear as to where we are at, why we're there, and to making sure it's definitely who we are. So you've got confidence in that decision. And then you're able to deal with it confidently. The reason that I struggled with the question before was because I didn't know truly what my answer was. Yeah. And let's say that that's okay too. Yeah. Like when I didn't know, when people used to say, do you want kids? And I was like, I don't know. That was mm -hmm. a perfectly acceptable answer because I didn't know. Uh, the same as I say to all of my clients who say to me, like, what's my five-year plan? I'm like, oh, me five years ago and me now wouldn't sit down and have lunch together. No. So I can't plan for five years on Wendy because I don't know who she's going to be. Yeah. You know, I keep it to 12 months tops. Yeah. where I'm looking to go because I'm pretty sure that that's the route I need to be on yeah but thinking any further than that it's like me thinking for another person yeah oh, that's really interesting in all honesty because five years ago Wendy and this Wendy you know well, we could get through coffee but we wouldn't stay for a free course lunch <laughs> we wouldn't because we'd be like what is she banging on about and I'd be like oh <laughs> <laughs> oh who's she no I agree I'm a completely different person to who I was and I don't think I would have ever even been able to fathom the person I am now so what's the point of wasting the time trying to figure it all out like you're yeah stop stressing so much yeah. about the long-term plan and this is part of completion as well the reason people don't do things is because we set a plan set, and a really typical one is I'm going to write a book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I'm like, okay, that's great. What's the book about? And they're like, uh, why do you want to do it? What's the purpose? What's this? And when we get down to it, actually what they're looking for is money. Mm -hmm. Not the book. They think that the book will somehow make them money and that they'll be sitting at Lake Como writing their book, looking out at the lake and it's going to be beautiful. And I'm like, where's your proof that that's how authors live yeah uh, what is it that you think and when we work on it their actual desire is not to do that but it might be to produce a blog it might be to get their stuff out in a format that they really want that would can create funding that gives them the freedom to travel yeah and you're like that's what you actually want you don't want to write a book you just think that's, that's the answer a lot of the work around completing is actually and why people don't complete then essentially is because they're setting themselves goals that mean nothing to them and i guess a lot of the work that you're then doing with people is helping them get really clear about what is it that want that they want what their stories are that has been holding them back and i know you talk about manifesting change right so the whole point is you can complete so that you can manifest change. What does it really, what does it mean firstly to manifest? Because we haven't really spoken about this on the podcast so far. To you, what does, yeah, what does manifesting mean? Um, as My fave. And, and most people have got it wrong. So people will come to me and they'll be like, Wendy, I really want this thing. Yeah. So I'm doing this. I'm doing it every day and I'm doing so well. I'm really showing up for it and I'm doing it. And I just don't understand why I haven't got it. And I'm like, cool. Do you think you can have it? Mm, no 
the thoughts matter. Manifesting is not what we do, it's what we think. Yeah. And I can't express that enough. I always like to describe to people, if you imagine you're a silhouette full of thoughts about yourself, ignore other people because they have free will, but about yourself, and the universe is behind you like a projector screen, pushing those forward into your real life, I guarantee that's what your life looks like. If you say, and for most people that I work with, they're really good at their jobs. So their thoughts are, I'm, I'm confident at work, I'm capable at work, I can do it. They don't stress about their job, it's there. And I'm like, are you good at your job? Yeah. So there's your manifestation. Those people that think I'm not great with money, I'm never gonna meet the guy, I can't do that. Uh, that's too big for me, I'm always gonna be here doesn't matter what action you take if the thought behind it is still I can't mm -hmm. that's not whatever we're doing if I'm useless with money but they're saying to me but when I'm putting this amount away every month but I have to dip into it I'm like yeah because your thought process is still wrong yeah. and because you're going too hard you're like I'm going to put 700 pounds a month away when realistically 200 is where you need to be so let's get the goal to be manageable instead of going all or nothing. But also we need to look at the force. Uh, so manifesting to me is just your reality. Yeah. The start of manifesting is your thoughts. The thought creates the feeling, creates the action, creates reality. Doesn't matter what action we take. If we could do the exact same thing, mm -hmm. but without the feeling and the thought that this is going to be amazing and I'm going to smash it, we would have a different outcome. Uh, and I'll use public speaking as an example. If you think before you go on stage, oh, I've got nothing to say, I'm boring, nobody here wants to hear from me, oh, this is going to be awful, I'm going to sound awful and nobody's interested, it creates a feeling, mm -hmm. very clear mm -hmm. feeling of how you feel. You step on stage, you're probably scanning the room for people that look bored, you'll be scanning the room for people that look disinterested, you'll stumble, you'll look down, you'll be sweaty, you'll lose your flow, you'll come off thinking, I'm a terrible speaker. Before you go on stage, if you're like, oh, I've got this brilliant message and if one person takes it home, that's enough, that's who I'm here for. And I'm gonna do this because I love it and it's important to me and it's special. Creates a different feeling. I read the exact same speech on stage, but I'm looking for the one person that's listening to me. I'm looking for the one person that makes eye contact with me and I go, ah, you heard it. And yeah. I come off stage yeah. buzzing. Different reality, exact same speech different thought process, different feeling. It's not what we do, it's what we think about what we're going to do. Yeah, I think people don't realise that those who are like the most successful in life aren't because they are lucky, it's because they have the thoughts behind them that believe that they were worthy of it. Somewhere in life their blueprint was created for success and actually the public speaking one is a really interesting one because I, I've become really obsessed with learning about like our conditioned mind and where our thoughts come from and how they affect our feelings and our behaviors and form our identity. And it's really interesting because actually with the public speaking, people used to always say to me like, when I literally, when I was at uni, it must've just been somewhere and it must've been where I learned from my mom as a teacher. She was always out there public speaking, no fear, no stress, that there was no need to stress or worry. I learned a lot of negative things from my mom, but that must've been something <laughs> that I learned. And I remember at uni, everyone used to come up to me and be like, how are you so confident when you speak? Like, how do you like, you're like not nervous at all. And I would, I'd always just literally say to them, and at the time I didn't understand thoughts, manifestation or anything. And I was just literally like, What's the point of thinking that it's not going to work? Like, I know this is my work. No one's going to know if it's right or wrong. And like, it's not, who cares if it really goes wrong? It can't really go wrong because it's my work. And I, now I look back as you say that, I'm like, I was just manifesting that it was just going to go well because my thoughts were imprinted in me that this was my work. It didn't matter. And it was a reason for me being here. And I, I used to always say to them, I just don't even let myself entertain the thoughts of it, of overstressing. And I know that's, <laughs> sounds so simple but I made it simple in my head so for someone that's listening to this then they're like right okay cool so it's my thoughts how do they even begin to change their thoughts 100% <laughs> affirmational language noticing yeah. them um, we have so many thoughts a day that we do not pay any attention to and presuming it's just us you know I'm going to bring Dave back into the conversation yeah, but no, Dave is my thought process <laughs> it's not Dave <laughs> you just rename him it's Dave but my Dave is the person that's in the background going, even when you walk into a room and people stop talking, Dave's there going, they're talking about you. A fear. Oh, 
what have they got to say? Whereas when Dave has a day off, two people have stopped talking because I've entered the room. Makes perfect sense. Yeah, because we're going to start a conversation or because their conversation was private. Yeah. Never about me. Um, so Dave can play havoc with us if we don't interrupt him. So it's looking at some of our thoughts and finding our proof. Mm -hmm. uh, but also it's affirmational language without doubt over and over and over again before a talk a thought might be this might be shit but it's a matter of standing there going have a day off Dave I'm enough I'm good enough I'm worth listening to I'm worth saying this out loud I'm worth the time of these people stopping to listening to me saying that over and over again in your own head before an interview before a talk before anything before a date, you know, I'm safe to be seen. I'm safe to be me. It is okay. I am safe. I am protected. I'm good enough. And then going to do something. Those words, if you are neuroscience, they create neural pathways. If we say them enough over and over again, not in 12 weeks, there's not no mythical three month transformation, but over and over and over again over time, they then become unnatural thought waves it comes up first rather than or it comes up as soon as I'm not good enough pops up it comes up oh, yes you are come on you're an absolute badass let's do it you're good enough for this and it kicks in and it eventually rewrites the neural pathways so it's about having the affirmational language it's about having an intention for something an intention is the biggest thing people ask me about on Instagram because they don't get it yeah and the easiest way I can pull it is if you held a meeting, would you hold it with no desired outcome or would you just gather people together and hope for the best? And they're like, no, if I have a meeting, it's because I want this outcome. Mm -hmm. Like there's the intention. Yeah. So for each day, treat it like a meeting. It's like, I'm here today. What's my intention for today? What do I want out of it? And once you set an intention, then your days will start to change. Uh, so I always get people to intentions set in the shower, but it's just like, who am I going to see today? How do I want to leave them feeling? How do I want to feel by the end of today? It's 30 seconds, mm -hmm. but all of a sudden you've set an intention. So instead of coasting through the day, wishing for the best, which is also a lack mindset and coming home knackered, deflated, tired, can't be bothered. You've set an intention in the morning that I'm going to see Sue. I'm going to leave her feeling really empowered and able to do her job. They're from the 80s. I'm there, babe. I'm in the 80s still. But all of those people, they're just like, I'm going to see Sue. She's going to feel super empowered. She's going to feel like she's absolutely smashing it. I'm going to come home today feeling empowered, like free, energized and excited. It's such an energy shift, though. I don't think people realise it. They think it makes them feel silly. And at the beginning, it is like it did. I, I remember, like when I used to say, like I am beautiful, I am enough. Mirror. I felt so icky saying it, and now I'm like, nah, I'm beautiful, I'm enough. Like it has a complete different energy shift. And I, I love what you're saying about intentions. Like I always make my clients set intentions over goals. I think goals overshadow any kind of guidance. Where intentions, are like this, is kind of how I want to feel. Are those the key tools that you use in your coaching with your clients? So using affirmations, setting intentions, what are the like, key things? If you'd say someone three, four things that they should be implementing every day in their lives that you would help them work with, what would they be? Yeah, affirmational language will get to the root of where they need to work most on. Set an intention, stop coasting for your life. Yeah. Without doubt, that's so important. Move. You wouldn't have a dog and never take it for a walk. So get yourself outside and move yourself every day. Uh, it's good for your brain. It's not about exercise. It's about moving. Yeah. Um, and I would also say meditation because yeah. we are too noisy, distracted and busy. And meditation always gives us that moment to just breathe. What does meditation look like to you? Because I know it looks different to everyone. Oh, it looks different to me every single day. Um, so sometimes that is me sat with a guided meditation that might be an hour long. Uh, that might be going for a walk and listening to a guided meditation. Mm -hmm. That might be me sitting on the tube with my eyes shut whilst I'm there for a couple of minutes, repeating a mantra over and over again. It's, it's different every day. It could be if my day is completely gone, it might be a sleeping meditation. I think that's so amazing. I think people get so overwhelmed and anxious and stressed about the thought of even meditating and it having to be a certain way that to hear you say that, you know, looks differently to you every single day means that there isn't a rule around it. 
um, people like to create these rules and barriers or to stop them from doing it. Um, but I think that's really, really amazing. Um, and if you were to say like, I don't know, if, you, if you're thinking of the listener here, if you were to say like three things that you would want them to know and, and truly believe, what would those three things be? Ha, sorry, right on there. Uh, that's all right. <laughs> three <laughs> things I'd like to get across to absolutely anybody that I work with or is listening to this. You are capable of change. And it's not for the elite, for the few or for certain people. You are capable of change. The mind is capable for anybody to do it. Have patience. Uh, it's taken you an awful long time to get to where you are. It will take some time to unwind it, although there can be really miraculous jumps along the way. And be kind to yourself. So many people are beating themselves up every day that they're not doing enough, that they're not on track, that they're not where they should be, that it's not working. And the more we move out of that and move into the passion of you're doing the best you can with what you've got every single day. And that's the bare minimum. If we are doing the bare minimum of what we said we were going to do every day, we're doing the best we can with what we've got. Some days we've got fire in our bellies and we've got three hours to commit to something. And some days it's tough and we've got 10 minutes to give something. As long as we show up for those 10 minutes, we're doing the best we can with what we've got. So have compassion within your projects to give yourself the ability to see them through with love and to enjoy them. Wow, I love that. My hero. And so in your work with clients, what kind of, what do you, I, I'm just going to bring this up right before the end because I know you love them, but your cards and your crystals went, what are they all about? And how do they, you know, we can't finish this episode without talking about your cards and your crystals. Um, if for anyone who doesn't know Wend, I know she loves a good card and she loves a good crystal. You will have seen it if you do follow her on Instagram. They're always popping up and showing up in lovely different ways. And I often just voice note her and I'm like, Wendy, can you pull me a card, please? Do you know what? We should pull a card for this episode. We should. Let's go in because one of my crystals always sits on my card. <laughs> crystals <laughs> absorb energy. So crystals oh, are really great as grounding. And I... <laughs> what is that? Voice of truth. Voice of truth. Wow. Focus on your purpose. Release the fear of persecution and speak your truth. Um, Pretty much everything you said in this episode. Yeah. It's crystals for me are a grounding. I have a lot of air and fire in my signs. So there's a lot of extreme passion or daydreaming. So I need grounding a lot. So for me, uh, crystals all around me are a form of grounding. I use them in meditation. I have them all over my cards. I might be on a call to a client. I'll always have a crystal somewhere in my hand. Yeah. If I'm doing a talk, one goes in my bra. Um, different crystals do different things. I have a lot of smoky quartz, uh, which takes in a lot of negative energy because I protect my space because of yeah, the energy. Work do. Uh, they're also beautiful. So just have them for that purpose if you don't want to use them for anything else. Card-wise... Yeah, I pull card, I must have 90 sets of cards around <laughs> my office. And the, there'll be different babies at different times, but I use cards within the session. So even as I'm talking to clients, I'll be pulling cards. And for me, it might just be going, you're not talking about this. Why aren't we talking about this? Right. And they'll be like, oh, go away. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they come out, but there'll, there'll be some, and I'll be like, what's the issue with your mum? And they're like, why are you saying that? And I'm like, because the card is coming back every time we talk. So what, what is this? So it's just a way of opening up conversation more, giving more insights to clients as to what they could be questioning themselves about more, what they could be journaling around, what they could be really thinking about. Um, because as a tendency, we block a lot of things out on, as a protection form. Yeah. We don't want to go there. Yeah, so I wouldn't say I'm a card reader, but I use cards within my coaching just for me. Energetically, yeah. whatever cards come out within that particular session are on point for what we need to do the most work on. Amazing, amazing. Well, I guess my last question is, if someone wanted to work with you, um, how? How do they work with you? What, what do you offer? And also, what is next for you? What's coming up? What can people look out for over the next few months or 12 months? Oh, at the moment, they can work with me two ways. It's all by Zoom, so you can be anywhere. Um, but I do half-day intensives where that I'd say it's a foundation for people that have never had coaching or are really new to the idea of thought 
having any impact on their life. Yeah. Um, and we come out of that with a core foundation of what they can go and do to really start this off. Uh, and then I do three month one to one coaching with people where we'll see things through over a three month period uh, and meet up and have regular calls online together with WhatsApp voice notes, which yeah. are blasts of coaching in your pocket whenever you're having a wobble. Wendy's voice notes are the best. I must say. Uh, and if you're ever in a wobble, A, that really works for two reasons. Most of the time that we wobble, we hold our breath and internalize, we silence it. We're like, ugh this has gone wrong or anything else there's a shame attachment yeah. as well when you voice out somebody in the middle of a wobble even if you're sobbing you're saying it out loud yeah and quite often people will start the voice note to me and then halfway through it they go oh, i know what i'm gonna do i'll see you later and i'm like yeah, yeah. <laughs> saying it out loud and, and getting it out of us is a huge mm -hmm. therapy in itself yeah um, and so it's a great way of dealing with things and i might come back with a reframe for them uh, and coming up there will definitely be um, an online completion method that we will be Ooh. making. So Stay that will be out later tuned. this year. Stay yeah. tuned. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Wendy. Um, you can find Wendy at The Completion Coach on Instagram. We'll make sure all her links are below in the bio but thank you so much for joining us um and guys if you have any questions for wendy i mean i'm gonna say it she might hate me for saying this i'm sure she won't mind you reaching out um no. and sliding into her dms and asking her any questions you have about defeating thoughts behaviors crystals cards and all of the above but thank you so much wendy for joining us You have been listening to the Get Lit with Becky Rabin podcast. Thank you so much for tuning in today. Please feel free to head to beckyrabin.com to access my free downloads that come with this podcast. Plus head to either my profile or the Get Lit Inc. profile on Instagram to share your stories, lessons and breakthroughs with me because I want to hear from you. If you're a business owner, expert or entrepreneur, head to getlitinc.co.uk to find out more about how we can help you grow your business. In the meantime, please do rate and review our podcast so that we can bring you more motivational witness. Thank you so much again for listening. Go get lit, hun. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.